0: What, what? You wanna you battle me? I which one you got. I used to guzzle
1: 40s and own a beat up cat. Since the hood still love me, I'll turn the heat up, daddy. I went from Mac and fly. Welcome to computer report readers, and viewers, and listeners to great. a brand new edition you of the computer report, report podcast. Energized by Celsius, the official energy drink of the Pewter Report podcast and pewterreport.com. It is a Thursday edition of the show, and of course, we are saving the best for last. It's been a week full of uh, guests, and we're happy to bring on another one for this show as we talk about a very serious topic that Bucks fans will be discussing from now up until the start of the regular season, and that is the quarterback competition, or comparison in this case, between Baker Mayfields and Kyle Trask. Who's going to win the job? What do they have to do in order to be the starter for your Tampa Bay Buccaneers? We're going to get into all of that and more. I'm your host Matt Matera and joined with me today is Dustin Ludkey from Dynasty Pros Fantasy Football. Very excited to have Dustin on the show. I met him at the NFL Combine, chatted from there and he told me that uh, he's an expert when it comes to the quarterback. So I thought be perfect to have this man on for the baker mayfield kyle trask uh comparison dustin thank you so much for joining the show and how are you doing
0: matt thanks for having me i'm doing great it's been uh really busy we were just talking it's been super busy since the combine it was combine then free agency and then draft so i was in indianapolis with you at the combine was down in kansas city at the draft you know and now it's just it's it should be slow in the offseason, but it's not. It's uh, you know, it's that time of year where people wanna wanna hear about rookies, they wanna hear about who the starter is for certain teams, they wanna know their sleepers, they wanna know all this fantasy and relevant football stuff. We're coming up on June first, so we could see some cuts. You know, Dalvin Cook could get cut. Does he impact someone's situation? So it's been great. I'm loving it. Obviously, I love doing this as a part-time thing. Hopefully, someday I'll go full-time. But it's it's a passion of mine. I love football. As you can tell behind me, I'm a huge football guy. So it's been great. I appreciate you having me on.
1: Yeah, of course. Absolutely. And yeah, you talk about players getting cut. Bucks fans will remember very, very easily and not too long ago that Leonard Fournette, he got cut yep. by the Jaguars, and that's how he ended up coming over to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. But Leonard's no longer... In Tampa Bay, Rashad White is a uh, guy on a lot of people's fantasy football radar. We'll get into Rashad White a little <laughs> bit later. Of course, this topic is about Baker and Kyle Trash. Before we get into that, though, Dustin, just uh, tell everybody a little bit about what you do over at Dynasty Pros and you know where they can find you on your social media.
0: Yeah, so I'm our content director at Dynasty Pros. so I uh, basically oversee all of our written content. Um, we do IDP. So individual defensive players, we do Debbie stuff. We do dynasty. We do redraft, um, work with the great team. Bob Miller's our CEO. We have a great team that does podcasts. So we're your one, we're trying to be your one stop shop for all things, fantasy football related and generally football related. We have someone, we have Andrew Hall writing about NFL all day, which is the NFT you know, platform they have where you can buy and sell moments and you can play fantasy with that. You can check me out on Twitter at the D unit 13. So T H E D U N I T 13. That's going to be big. We'll talk about this beautiful, lovely banner (laughs) behind me in a little bit later, but uh, that's where you can find all my stuff. I drop articles. I also do write for dynasty nerds and QB lists. You can check out my stuff. So Twitter is the best place to find all my stuff. I just dropped a Dalton Kincaid article. That's kind of making the rounds right now. So um, you know, anywhere and anywhere. And I'm, you know, I'll be on podcasts. I, I don't have my own. I just do guest spots like this. So uh, it's a great place to see where I'm at. If you like, think I'm not a complete idiot and I'm make some sense, maybe that's where you can find where I'm going to be next. So.
1: Make sure you give Dustin a follow. Appreciate everybody watching the show right now. Got a lot of people in the chat, of course, already going back and forth about Baker Mayfield and Kyle Trash. So if you have a question, feel free to super chat us. If you give us a super chat, we'll make sure we get your, uh, comment up right away um we'll get to a couple questions as well as Christopher Cole says good evening everyone all right so Baker Mayfield versus Kyle Trask uh Kyle Trask of course is the incumbent not that he's been the starter but he's been in Tampa Bay I do want to start with Baker Mayfield though because there's obviously a lot more of a history with him and you know for both guys really whether it's Baker whether it's Kyle you know you're coming into a situation that is quite interesting. There's yeah. no replacing Tom Brady. I don't think anyone no. wants to sign up and be like, "Yeah, I'll replace Tom Brady." <laughs> that's that's not ideal for anybody. But on the flip side, you look at this offense and new offensive coordinator, we could talk about that too. But at the end of the day, you still have Mike Evans, you still have Chris Godwin, a lot of appealing wide receivers and offensive weapons to throw to. So the big thing with Baker, curious to get your thoughts, Dustin. Just overall we know the time frame of Baker, number one pick, had that great season with Cleveland, led them to the playoffs, got to the second round. Then it just seemed like that to- that torn rotator cuff, it obviously took a turn for the worse for him and never never kind of panned out after that going to the Panthers and, and then the Rams. Do you see with Baker's game? Can he get back to that Baker Mayfield that he was a couple of seasons ago? Or, or has that ship sailed? No pun intended to the Bucs. I,
0: I mean, this is his best opportunity, right? He went to the Rams last year after being on the Panthers and not doing anything. Went to the Rams, who still had decent receivers. Obviously, didn't have Cooper Cup. Didn't have the weapons he's used to. Yes, it's, it's in the realm of possibilities, but I don't think he gets back there. He's... 28 which isn't old especially for a quarterback he's going into his sixth year i just think the mental game has gotten to him this bouncing around on different teams it's his fourth team in basically two years um the struggles he's had even when he was good in cleveland he was still just in my mind a marginally good quarterback right in 2020 he threw 26 touchdowns eight interceptions but the year before that he was 22 and 21 so 22 touchdowns 21 it is his last opportunity, as Kyle's saying there, and it's it's his only shot. Now, he does benefit from having a great team around him, right? Mike Evans and Chris Godwin mm-hmm. are still up there as probably one of the top five wide receiver duos in the league. Rashad White had a great receiving profile coming out of college. K. dotton is a good tight end who's young, who has some versatility there. They still have Russell Gage. They got some other pieces there. So this is his best shot, but I personally don't think he's the starter week one and if he is it's a very 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 short leash and he may not have that he may not have that job four weeks into the season. So are you not putting too much stock
1: into the fact that he just has experience as a starter, the chip on his shoulder, that's kind of been the MO of Baker's career for his whole time. So you didn't like him really like before he had the and I'm not trying to put words in your mouth, but you weren't a big fan of him even before his quote unquote breakout year in Cleveland.
0: No, I mean, I thought coming out of the draft, he was just okay to me. Like, he was mar- he was an okay quarterback. I think the problem with bigger is, yes, he plays with that chip on his shoulder, but I think that puts him in bad situations where he relies too much and goes, yeah, I can make that throw, when he really can't. We've seen it with other guys like Carson Wentz, you know, those guys who just go, I can make this throw. Jameis Winston, I can make the throw. I know I'm good enough to make it. And they're really just not, and they don't – there's not that self-realization is not there. I think when you look at someone like Tom Brady who had that self-realization down, like I know the throws I can and can't make, and I'm going to make the throws I can make and not try to force things. That's why Brady didn't throw a ton of interceptions. If you look at guys like Kirk cousins understands what he can and can't do and goes, okay, I know I can't make the throw. So I'm just going to throw it away or I'm going to tuck the ball and run, or I'm going to go to my next option. Baker, I think just goes, I need, and now he's at this point where he goes, I need to make this play. Mm-hmm. And you put that with, I can make that play, and that overconfidence puts him in, I think, in bad situations. We saw the last year, he only had 10 touchdowns, eight interceptions. So it's not like he was lighting the world on fire yeah. in his he time. Had big with, he, had big he had the big moment. He had the big moment. I yes, he had the big moment. Right. A long way. And that was the thing, right? Well, the big moment was, how he came and he's been here for three days. Yes, because that's the experience, right? Once you know how to play in the NFL and you understand offenses, you can go in and play with short. I don't want to say short rest, but minimal time with the team because you don't, they just simplify everything and go, this is what you can do. Okay, do that. He got brought in to obviously, I think, push Kyle Trask. And there's a, there is a good shot. I say it's 50 50 right now, but if I'm going to put my chips in, I'm going to put it on Kyle Trask to be the starter. But I just think Baker has that little bit of too much overconfidence in his abilities. And I think he's pressuring too hard to make the plays to try to win the job. And I think that's going to put him in a bad spot.
1: Is there any validity to the fact that, you know, Baker played through the injury and then the Browns were kind of like, thanks, but no thanks. We're going to go in another direction going for Deshaun Watson. Um, there are some people that feel that Carolina and what they ran on offense um, wasn't necessarily suited to Baker's game. It was never really a right fit, but you know, the Browns are like, Hey, you want to take them? Sure. Fine. Sure. Screw yeah. it. We'll give it to you. Cause I mean, I believe Cleveland still ended up paying like a majority or at least like half of his contract. So Cleveland was just ready to get him out of town. And sure. Carolina thought that they could do something with Baker, but sometimes it has to be the right fit on both sides. Is there any credibility to that?
0: There is right. And fit does matter, right? When we look at quarterbacks across the board, coaching scheme and fit does matter. Look at someone like Josh Rosen was a top first round pick top 10. Pick.
1: Buccaneer. Great. Yeah.
0: Like, just didn't catch on in Carolina or I mean in Arizona and then got bounced around because it just wasn't the right fit. Look at someone like Mac Jones, not the greatest quarterback, but goes to new England has a really good rookie year. Then next year they bring in no offensive coordinator or two offensive coordinators. And he has a down year because the fit just didn't match. So I don't, I agree though. I don't think Carolina was the right fit for Baker. I think LA was a better fit, but I don't think it was right. I I don't know if, but I don't know if Tampa Bay is the right fit for Baker. I don't think he's the precision passer that Brady was. I don't think he can chuck it down the field. Well, Um, so what's his niche? Like what's, what's Baker really good at? In my mind, it's nothing really like he's okay at a lot of things and he's got experience and you hope that you can recapture some of that magic. They're going to have to really, if he's the starter, they're really going to have to tailor that offense around him. So I would see a lot of, intermediate passes, you know, quick read stuff that it's, you know, one, like, here's your first read. It's a hot route. Go that way. If not, you, you throw it out of bounds type deal. I don't see him going through progressions, you know, going, Oh, Evans is covered. Gowins covered. Cotton's covered. Okay. Let me throw it to Russell Gage. He's just not going to do that. I expect a lot of running the ball with Rashad white. So it probably is a good fit, but I think they are better off going with Trask, who has a little more of the upside who can chuck the ball down the field and fits better with the skill weapons they have.
1: Very interesting because I think if, if you polled a lot of people and it's you know it's still very split very overall split. and of of course in the Tampa area you have some people that have their allegiance to the Florida Gators so yep. they're going to ride with Kyle Trask but I, I think the caveat in all of this is that there's a whole new offense this year so yeah. when you're talking about chucking the ball down the field that was definitely the mo of Bruce Arians when he was here and obviously uh Byron Leftwich who was a protege uh, of BA but. BA still in the building, but he's just as, you know, he's Whatever. there to oversee everybody, have a good time, make some drinks for a general manager, Jason Lay <laughs> And Byron which isn't here anymore. I think what kind of helps Baker a little bit in this situation, and granted, he wasn't with L.A. for crazy long, but Dave Canales was with the Seattle Seahawks for a very long time. And long some long of the time. Seahawks' offense and some of what he learned was from the offensive coordinator, oh, from uh, that he worked with in Seattle, that went over to LA. So I think what is going to help Baker a little bit is he kind of knows this offense already better than Kyle Trask, just because he played in it in LA. And this is going to be a lot more quarterback friendly. You still got to hold on to the ball without question and not throw it away. And also the mobility of the quarterback. Listen, no one's going to confuse Baker Mayfield for you know Lamar Jackson. That's never going to happen. But the mobility of Baker. I think can kind of help him out a little bit. Cause that was something that was missing from the box offense, just in the Tom Brady era in general. And of course it worked out. They won a super bowl and won the division the next yep. year, but they could never use the element of surprise of uh, you know, play action rollout or anything like that, or at least not for too long because Tom Brady is just not mobile. That's what it is when he's age 45, but Baker can kind of do that. So, Does Baker have a little bit of an advantage? Not just because he's mobile, but because he's playing in an offense that he at least saw last year in L.A. That Dave Canales is going to implement to a degree here in Tampa.
0: Yeah, and right, Dave Canales comes from Seattle, where he was there for like since like 2010. He's been there forever. And and if you look at what they did last year with Geno Smith, that's a great comparison for Baker. I think they're Geno and Baker compare a lot. Obviously, Geno's considerably older, but don't have that down the field right that chuck it down the field they have a little bit of mobility but not a ton but enough where you can roll out so i think we could see a very similar offense to what we saw in seattle last year and you're right it is kind of similar to what he ran with the rams last year so it's going to be similar and they do fit that but i think kyle trask is just as good in those areas as baker mayfield is so he does fit into that system and it's going to be a better fit And that i'm curious to see what the system runs with and what the offense looks like now that they got the new offensive coordinator. And I think it's going to be, like I said, it's going to be those short intermediate passes. It's going to be a lot of run game, right? If you look at Seattle, they ran the ball a ton last year. They're going to allow Baker, or Kyle Trask to maybe run some play action a little more that we didn't see with Brady, right? Everyone's faster than Brady, right? Yeah. I'm faster than Brady. It's not hard to be faster than Tom Brady. So Baker does have that upside. And so does Trask. So I think, it was a smart signing for the Buccaneers to bring in Baker because I think him and Trask are very similar quarterbacks. So whoever starts, it's the same offense. It's not like you're getting a a Lamar Jackson and then you have Kyle Trask, right? Where it's one's a heavy rushing quarterback. One's not, you can run the same offense with both of them. So I think it was a smart signing by them.
1: We'll talk more about Kyle Trask in just a minute, but if Baker does win this job and we're not anointing him the starting position, What does Baker have to prove in training camp? What, if you're going to make the case for Baker, is there anything? I know you said he doesn't do anything well, but is there anything you could point to where it's like, if Baker can get this together, he can go out and be the starter? If if you're Team Baker, what are you, uh, what's your argument for him?
0: He's got to do, I think, three things. One, he's going to have to show that he understands an NFL playbook, right? He has to rely on that experience of, oh, they go, you know, whatever these crazy, you know, spider two wide, banana, right? They're going to, he's gonna, okay, that's this, yeah. this, and this. He's going to have to show that. He's going to have to show that he can lead the locker room in the huddle. Because I think that's where a lot of young quarterbacks struggle. Um, they're just not very boisterous guys. And I think that's something that Baker does excel at. Like He's a energetic, boisterous guy. He has to, what he has to learn is how to adapt his leadership style to the team, right? We see it on the Browns. He was, you know, this, he was on the Panthers. He's headbutton guys with helmets and he doesn't have one on, like, <laughs> Some guys are going to love that. Some guys are going to hate that. And you have to really read the room. So he has to be able to do that. And then he has to not turn over the ball. And that's my biggest concern. And I know there was an article you guys put out on Peter Report about, right, whoever turns over the ball the least probably gets a starter. So Baker really has to show that in training camp and preseason that he can't turn over the ball. If he starts turnover in the ball, I, I think he's, he's done.
1: Yeah, I, I do see a situation I I do feel as if Baker can at least throw down the field more. You want to throw it to the right color jersey or yes. practice jersey in this case during training camp. Um, and I think he will push the envelope a little bit more than Kyle Trask has so far in his career in Tampa Bay. I do think it is a bit interesting for Trask. You know, he was quarterback three here in Tampa. Like, it's one thing you're not going to play because Tom Brady's here, yep. but he didn't even beat out Blaine Gabbard. Um, So to jump from QB three to QB one, I think is a huge thing. And for Baker, I just, while he can push the envelope, I just do see the situation in my head where he comes in first couple of practices and Baker, for whatever reason, reminds me a little bit of Brett Favre in Mm -hmm. the Wrangler jeans commercials, where he's like running around everywhere and just chucking it. And I could see him the first two practices throwing like three or four interceptions in practice, and it's like, where are you going with the ball? And there's a fine line between, okay, it's practice. i got to see what I can do, what yep. I can get away with, and what I would never try, and then just head-scratching plays that you don't even understand why he threw it in the first place. And you can't win the starting job, whether it's for the Bucs or any quarterback hey, competition. You're not going to win the starting job in the first week of practice, nope. but you could lose the starting oh, real job quick. in the first week of practice with all those mistakes. I'm glad you said that, Baker. While he's a bit of a rah rah guy, he energizes the group. I know one way I like to get energized is by having a Celsius energy drink. (laughs) energy drinks your number one pick they have a variety of flavors you see it on the screen there their oasis vibe is one of the newest flavors they have can't go wrong with the sparkling lemon lime or sparkling orange either my personal favorite is the arctic vibe i've been drinking a lot of cucumber lime and strawberry lemonade as well uh, sparkling watermelon too so many great different flavors uh, zero sugar you don't get that post uh, energy drink crash or jitters that you might get with another product out there so Make sure you go out and get a Celsius. If you don't know where to find one, go to the Celsius store locator, punch in your address, and it will give you the most accurate location that you can find at your local Walmart, Target, 7-Eleven convenience store, or your bodega, as I like to say. So uh, <laughs> go on out there, get a Celsius energy drink, the official energy drink of PeterReport.com. All right, now the, I guess technically the longest tendered quarterback on the Bucks yeah. roster right now Kyle Trask going into his third year and the advantage that Kyle Trask does have to a degree Baker's obviously coming in. He's never worked with these guys before he's been in the building. He's used to the facility while Baker might have the advantage with knowing the offense, the wide receivers, the offensive linemen, running back and tight ends. They're all learning the offense at the same level that Kyle Trask is too. But I do wonder Dustin, when it comes to what we were talking about, before the uh, Celsius energy drink commercial of he's not just going from two to one, he's going from three to one. So I'm just curious in these two years, what Tampa Bay hasn't or has seen from him that they said, all right, let's bring in Baker and not just automatically make Kyle Trask the number one guy. I also think we were talking about this a little bit on yesterday's show. The only reps that Kyle Trask has gotten in the NFL was a week 18 game against the Atlanta Falcons. Mm-hmm. I believe he went three for nine. I think the Bucks completely missed the boat on just giving him more playing time. There was no yeah. reason to have Blaine Gabbard play that game. But, Kerry, you can go back to Florida if you watched him there or just the the preseason that he's been involved. But what about Kyle Trask makes you think that he's going to win this job?
0: Uh, for me, it's his athletic ability, right? I think people forget that Kyle Trask was a second-round pick. Right. If, if he was drafted the second round this year, you'd be going, oh, he's, he's going to be the starter sooner rather than later. Right. Yeah. It, right. You look at Will Levis. He was drafted the second round. Everybody's like, well, he, he's going to take over for, for Tannehill in Tennessee. Kyle Trask was also fourth in the Heisman voting that year. He had Devonta Smith, who won. Yeah. You had um, Trevor Lawrence, who was the first overall pick. You had Mac Jones. And then you had Kyle Trask. And then fifth was Najee Harris. So, like he. Was fourth in the Heisman voting against some really good, tough competition. He had a really good college career. What I like about Kyle Trask looking at his college numbers is his completion percentage. He averaged sixty-seven point nine percent completion percentage in college. Like, that's pretty good. Now he didn't have a ton of touchdowns. His last year in Florida he had forty-three and only twenty-five the year before. But he's still a six-five, you know, two hundred and thirty-six. Like he's a big player. It's not like he's a small guy. I think what the Buccaneers haven't seen from him. Is working with the first team offense. Mm -hmm. What I know of Tom Brady is that he's a, I don't want to say selfish, but he's a uh, deliberate. (laughs) He's deliberate and very like, it's my team. I'm going to get all the reps. (laughs) If he wants the reps, he's going to get them. And I think he was very protective of those reps, especially in Tampa Bay, knowing that it was the twilight of his career of, I'm going to take all these first team reps so they don't see what they have in Kyle Trask. Now, right, when it comes to Kyle Trask and Blaine Gabbert, I think it was a comfortable comfortability with Blaine Gabbert fit the mold of Tom Brady. So if Tom Brady would have went down, they don't have to change the offense for Blaine Gabbert, where I think they would have to tweak the offense to really fit Kyle Trask's skills. And I think that's why he was third instead of second. I think he wins out because I don't think Kyle Trask turns over the ball as much as Baker Mayfield. We, You guys had that article. We talked about Baker possibly turning it over. If you look at college, right? Since Kyle Trask has no NFL experience, we we take mm-hmm. out Baker's NFL experience. We just look at college. Kyle Trask, twenty-seven games, fifteen interceptions, zero fumbles. Baker, forty-eight games, thirty interceptions, zero fumbles. So in attempts, it was basically Trask was turning it over one point eight six percent of the time. Baker was turned over two point nine five. So almost like two percent higher. One percent higher really is what Baker's turning over the ball. Baker in the NFL has 27 touchdowns and 21 interceptions over his career. And not to mention 15 fumbles. And I think that's the the, the stat that doesn't get talked about with Baker is that he fumbles the ball quite a bit. Mm-hmm. If he can't, like, that's where I'm worried about. The, I'm not worried about necessarily interceptions. I think that's a possibility, but I don't see that with Trask. Now, granted, we haven't seen Trask in the NFL, so I don't know how he's adjusted to the speed. I don't know how he's adjusted to the pressure he's going to see the blitz packages, how he reads defenses, but just looking at college numbers, he was the more, the more efficient protector of the ball than Baker was in college.
1: is a little bit outside the box, but if you are going to put Kyle Trask in this year's draft class with everyone that just got selected, where do you have him? I don't know if he's necessarily number one or two, but like, is he in that cat? Like, does he go before or after Will Levis? I saw someone had a question about that.
0: I think he goes before Will Levis. Um, Didn't have a great 40 time, So it was like five seconds. He's pretty slow um, comparatively. He doesn't have the arm that Will Levis has, but I think that's that's where people are going to start talking about. When you talk about someone who's in the Heisman finalist, He definitely goes above Will Levis. Like, you're talking about a guy that's up there. If you look at where Mac Jones got drafted, right, compared to Kyle Trask, I think that's where we see it. And somewhere in that second round, I think he goes above Will Levis. Obviously, this year there's a lot more QB-needy teams. Um, I could see someone like Seattle taking him in the late first, early second Mm -hmm. before Will Levis. See teams trading up for him. He's right and still in the second round. He's not in the top. 10. He's not, maybe not a first-round pick unless someone really wants to move up to the back of the first round, which was talk for Will Levis that someone might move up to get that fifth-year option. If he would have went to the Combine, right, his size at 6'5", you know, is going to do well, but he's going to have a poor performance of the Combine with his 40 time and his three-cone drill and all that kind of stuff. He didn't measure well when he did do that stuff. So I do think he goes above Will Levis. Obviously, with Will Levis, the upside is the cannon of an arm, but if you watch Will Levis' tape, his pocket awareness is non-existent. <laughs> Mm-hmm. And I think you see Kyle Trask, and you go, "Oh, Kyle Trask is better." Personally, I think if Hendon Hooker wasn't injured, he should have went above Will Levis. Like I think he's the better quarterback than Will Levis. I think Will Levis should have went. I agree. i was a big Hendon so, Hooker fan. I'm a big Hendon Hooker fan. We were you know, we were at the combine, and I really liked him. And I wish he would have been able to do something. So I think he goes ahead of Will Levis. I think it's close. I mean, I think someone might sneak into the first round to take him because I think they like his upside. I think Will Levis fell because there wasn't a ton of upside with Will Levis. There wasn't this great college production. When you're talking about a quarterback that threw 43 touchdowns this senior year and eight interceptions in Kyle Trask, that's a staggering number. When you look at someone like Anthony Richardson, who had minimal production in college but had this athletic freak, I think those college numbers really stand out for Kyle Trask and I think that gets him a little bump and probably gets him into the late first round.
1: Grace Point says Kyle Trask with weapons is very dangerous. Check very. his Florida career yep. as you were talking about. What does concern me a little bit, you talked about his pocket presence before, and sure, there's not a lot of NFL
0: tape regular
1: yep. season tape to go by. But I just know from like the preseason games. It wasn't like he was oblivious to the pocket, but it did seem at times where it was like, get rid of it, get rid of it, get rid of it, just holding on to it a little bit too long. And then the arm strength, it wasn't like he couldn't throw the ball deep down the field. He just wasn't yeah. crazy accurate with it. Like He's I remember not crazy a couple accurate, of times yeah. Scotty Miller going deep down the field. So my concern a little bit is the accuracy deep down the field, but maybe that can be subdued with the fact that, as you're talking about with Dave Canales, little more short intermediate routes focusing on uh the run game but is there a worry that with trask at quarterback the offense could almost be like too plain jane too vanilla where yes you're not going to be no risk it no biscuit the whole time but you got to throw it a little bit you got to move the ball down the field one way or another
0: you do um And I think he has, right? He has two good receivers in Evans and Gowan who can get open down the field, who can make those contested catches. I'm looking at Geno Smith's numbers for last year, 572 attempts. Like if you put Kyle Trask in and I think it's going to be a very similar offense because that's where he, Canellus comes from. Like you weren't seeing Geno Smith chuck the ball down the field all that much. Like I think he only had, I think four or five games, like maybe even less under like over 300 yards. Like, Geno Smith was just very efficient. They ran the ball a lot. I see Rashad White and Kate Otten getting a ton of work. I see it'd be more of a Godwin-type system where he's going to run those kind of slants over the middle. Um, but you still have Evans to take the top off. If you look at Evans and Godwin, they're very much ty- they're I think they're a better version than Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf. If Evans is the I DK and, and Godwin is the Lockett, I think Godwin's clearly better than Tyler Lockett. I think Evans and Metcalf are pretty close um so it's great weapons and the k is better than any tight end that seattle has whether that's will disley or colby parkinson or noah Fant. right he's just the k the better receiver the better player so i look at Geno smith's numbers and go okay that's reasonable for for the starter for tampa bay and if that's kyle Trask, like he could have 550 575 passing attempts you put up 4282 yards 30 touchdowns and 11 interceptions like That's not out of the realm of possibility. I think it's probably more towards like 25 touchdowns, probably a few less interceptions. I don't think it's going to be plain Jane. I think it'll be a very efficient, basic football and it may not be flashy for your highlight reels on sports center. It may not be flashy for, you know, NFL red zone, but it's, you're going to be at the end of the year. You're going to go, Oh man, Kyle trash slash Baker Mayfield is a top 10 fantasy quarterback. Like they put up a ton of numbers. We didn't see it from Geno Smith. No one expected it, and also he was like, "Oh, I can't believe Geno Smith is this good." Is Geno Smith that good? Probably not. It's probably a system thing. It's a fit, and I think that system's going to fit. It does fit both Kyle Trask and Baker Mayfield. I just think Kyle Trask is slightly better at all those things and protects the ball more.
1: Yeah. So it sounds like if you're saying the end-all be-all between Trask and Mayfield, is it? mainly for you just coming down to the, the turnovers?
0: It is. Uh, it's turnovers and leadership, and I wonder if Kyle Trask, the good thing for Baker is that he's new, right? So there's no yeah. preconceived notions of his work ethic, who he is. The offensive line, the weapons already know Kyle Trask, and either they like him or they hate him, right? And there's probably yeah. very little in between. They're probably like, yeah, he's okay, or they're like, oh, yeah, I love this guy, and I haven't heard any reports either way. So if the team is – if Evans, Godwin, some of the offensive line, are like, yeah, we love Kyle Trask, we love what he does, then that, that way is heavy for me in who the starter is. Now Baker has the chance to come in and, and win that. I just think that that's part of it. So it's interception and leadership. I look at San Francisco. We see guys go, I'm a Brock Purdy guy, and we have half the locker room going, we want Trey Lance, and it really split that team. I don't think we see that in Tampa Bay, but I think if we see a team – a bulk of the team rally behind, especially the leaders, especially the veterans rally behind one of the quarterbacks, whether that's Kyle Trask or Baker. I think that's going to sway a lot for the coaches. I wonder if if Trask has gotten there in the two years he's been there. I haven't heard anything from either side, so we'll see.
1: Yeah, this is how I kind of wrestle with it because Baker, the chip on the shoulder guy, rah, rah, a little more in your face. But I I think he's – while he still plays with that intensity and that aggressiveness – um, I think he's also learned about himself a lot just through the past couple of years, what he's been through the the trials and and tribulations, um, if you will. He's been yep. humbled. He was a Very lot much more, so. lot more chilled out when he had his initial press conference with the box. But I think he's really fit in right away. I mean, he's been going to Bruce Arians' uh, charity golf event, golfing yep. with a couple of guys. I know he went out with uh, Jamel Dean and uh, two other bucks uh, on a golf trip and Kyle Trask I'm not saying he he's not he doesn't get along with any of the bucks but what I do know is he's definitely more of the lead by example quiet type and that doesn't yep. mean that you can't be a good leader but I do I do wonder about that a little bit and I then do. the wide the quarterback room excuse me was very tight with yes. Brady Ryan Griffin even the the four-string quarterback Link Gabbert I mean There were UFC fights in Vegas that you would see Brady, Mike Evans, Blaine Gabbert, uh, Ryan Griffin, too. Who wasn't there? Kyle Trask. Now, who knows? Maybe Kyle Trask had other obligations, or maybe he's not a uh, UFC fan, and he didn't go. But that – I don't know. I have that in in the back of my head just a little bit. I hear you on the turnovers, but I think that goes back into the maturity, really, of Baker Mayfield. He's got to know by now you can't – Can't do it. Can't throw the football. Because, like, arm strength-wise and stuff, I don't know if I'd give, like, Kyle Trask a I uh,
0: I think it's equal. Better,
1: yeah, you think it's – all right, yeah, so pretty equal there. He uh, Baker – if, if all things are equal, I do think Baker just brings a little more pizzazz to this team, which is why I personally think uh, he's going to end up being the starter. But we can uh, agree to disagree on that.
0: I think Baker will be the week one starter. I think it's the wrong yeah. decision, but I think he will be the starter. Now, the contract doesn't say that. Like he got paid backup money, right? His contract is four million a year. He's at this he's gotten he's getting paid less than Drew Locke, Sam Darnold, who could yeah. possibly be the week one starter for San Fran, Cooper Rush, Brian Horder, Mary Mariota, Case Keenum, Mike White, Jacob Brissett, Jared Stidham. Like he's behind all those guys in salary. So they brought him in on this. Hey, you could be the backup salary you know contract it's not like they paid him to possibly be the starter mm-hmm. i think even if baker is the week one starter his leash is super short right if he goes out and has two weeks of let's say he starts out zero and two and has in those two games has basically a combined two touchdowns and two interceptions i think we're t- i think there's gonna be a lot of talk in the media and in the team of when do we switch to Kyle Trask? And I think we'll start hearing that Kyle Trask drumbeat starts sooner rather than later. Um, I think you can see week two, week three. I haven't looked at the Bucs schedule recently, but I'll I will actually could um, be a tough yeah, I'll, pull,
1: I'll, I'll pull it up for you. So what I hate about the Bucs schedule is they actually have a very early bye week. You can see on the yep. schedule here, they have a bye week five. But I do think because they have a new offense, offensive coordinator Dave Canales, as we were talking about before, While I still hate it, if you were going to say a positive about it, I would say, okay, you can kind of regroup after those first four games. You have that bye week, everyone sits together. Okay, this is what's working. This is what isn't working. What do we still need to iron out? How do we feel about this set and this set and so on and so forth? So it will be a good testing point for how whoever the starter is. How are they doing? How do they look? Uh, should we make a change then? Because it's really difficult after that to just make a change one week in or one week out. If you want to do another one, week eight after that's the Bills. Exact- that's, that's exactly what I was looking at. Yeah, that's a Thursday night game. So you'd have a couple extra days to ponder and think about that decision. Um, not- yeah, it, it will be an interesting one for sure. Yeah,
0: go ahead. And not only is it a Thursday night game, so like you get a couple extra days, you're talking – Let's say they Minnesota. That's going to be a tough one for them. They probably lose that. Chicago's up in the air. Philly, I think, is a loss. New Orleans, I think, could be a win. So you're going to the bye, two and two or three and one. Best like best case, you your best case, you're two and two. Worst case, you're one and three. Detroit's going to be tough. Then you have Atlanta week seven. Then the Bills is probably lost in week eight. They're sitting there on a, on Friday going, we're three and four and we have two divisional losses, To let's say they lose both to New Orleans and Atlanta, two divisional losses, they're going to do what we're doing. They're going to go, oh, man, there's just not a better time to make the switch than now, right? We're six weeks into the season, or seven weeks in the season, let's make the change. So it's right. I don't think they make the change by week four. I think if they had a bye week in week nine, ten, I think that's where I'd see it. But I do think that after the Bills game, right? And that Bills game could be... Terrible for Baker Mayfield, right? Like at Buffalo, who has a good defense, who has a good second round, but Bills fans. So, like, he could go out there and put up three interceptions and, they're like, all right, that's it. We're just moving on to Kyle Trask. I think you'll start seeing the drum beat after the Eagles because I think that'll be a tough matchup for Baker. And I think you'll start hearing Kyle Trask talk starting that week. If they come out and go 0 3 and they're looking at New Orleans and if they lose that and they're 0 4 going to the bye week, you'll really start hearing Kyle Trask. But I agree with you that week eight after the Bills having those few extra days from Thursday to Sunday against Houston and Houston would be a a, a good opening week for Kyle Trask yeah. right like that's not a great it's not a, right you have Houston Tennessee two meh teams right like that are good but not great and then you have San Fran then you have Indy like you've got some winnable games there which just bolsters Kyle Trask's resume like if he comes in week 9 against Houston wins week 10 you know Tennessee they have a decent game they're close maybe they win maybe they lose lose to San Francisco or competitive with, you know, the Colts and Carolina and Atlanta competitive with green Bay. They probably lose at Jacksonville. Then they can finish out with two divisional opponents. Like how goes, man, I, I was competitive in all the games I played. So the schedule's not great with that early buy, but I think that week four to week six. And then I definitely think you're right after the Buffalo game in week eight's when they could make the change.
1: There is a fine line between, poor play and just figuring things out yes. as an offense. There does need to be that grace period overall. So it's funny. We're looking at the bills game as that kind of benchmark. I kind of feel that if the bucks can stay afloat and after that, after that bills game would be seven games week eight, but with the early buy, yep. if they're at three and four or four and three, yeah, I think that's actually a, a success for the bucks because you look at their schedule overall and you just rattled off some of it. But they play a bad. Well, first of all, their own division is bad in the NFC South. Yes. They play a bad AFC South and the NFC North. Sure, the Vikings won the division last year. Everyone will point to that they had all of these games that were within one possession or one score, yep. and somehow the Vikings had a great record and then still lost in the first round of yep. the playoffs. You can't tell me the Packers are better with Jordan Love than they no, were not at all. with Aaron Rodgers. So. I look at this schedule and, you know, Vegas has the Bucs as over under six and a half wins. Um, if, if they go to three and four, or four and three, they have yeah. a great opportunity to build some momentum because the Texans, obviously not great. I think Tennessee is going to take a huge step back this year. I mean, they're, already, oh, I a, they're, yeah. they're already thinking about trading Derrick Henry. They don't know who their quarterback is. Uh, you know, I mean, that's, That's why they drafted one this year, but still, you know, they have a couple guys on that roster. Obviously San Fran is tough, but you're telling me these next couple of games, Texans, Titans, Colts, Panthers, Falcons, and then a Jordan love led Packers. It's all about momentum for this team. And I think with Todd Bowles as well, because you can make the case that Todd Bowles is on the, is on the hot seat this year. If they, if they start struggling, but what if, and the Bucs went 8-9 last year, so let's not kid ourselves. They they won yeah. the division, but they did not look stellar at all. No. What if the Bucks go 9-8 and eight this year, and they struggle out of the gate, and then they string together wins at the middle to end of the year, even though they only improved by one game or had the same exact record, because the situation that they're in with just a new quarterback, new offense, that could save Todd Bowles another year, and then you're looking at a team that got better as the season went on, Then you're ready to rock and roll because let's not forget, like this defense is still pretty damn good. And they kept the Bucs in so many games last year. And then it was Tom Brady saves the day at the end (laughs) because he was calling the plays because Byron Leftwood didn't have to anymore. Now you got a better offensive coordinator in here. I think they're going to win more than six and a half games this year. I I think truly they're going to go right around their same record as last season, eight and nine, maybe even nine and eight.
0: Yeah, I mean, if I was a betting man, which I'm really not, I would probably put the over on six. Like, I would bet that. I think that's a reasonable expectation. Whoever the starter is has to. And if it's Kyle Trask is a week one starter, his leash is just as short as Baker Mayfield's. Like, neither of them have a long leash just because the other guy's so equal. For me, it's going to be turnovers and then quarterback play rate. Yeah, if Baker's just figuring it out and he goes, you know, he has 20. Like, I'm looking at, Week 15, his third week with the Rams, he was 28 attempts, 24 completions, 230 yards, two touchdowns. That's a great week. Let's say he has 25 attempts, completes 19 of them for 180, 190 yards and one touchdown. Like It's not a great day. They probably lose that game, but he didn't do anything to lose you that game. It's when Baker starts losing you the games. I'm looking at his time with the Rams, three games under 60% completion right week 16 17 and week 14 now he had week 15 was his best week at 85 but even week 13 was at 62 He finished the whole season as a whole with 60% completion percentage if his if his completion percentage is under 60% in the first 4 weeks i think that's not going to cut it bucks fans will be calling for it. so bucks fans you guys bucks fans have had it bad right you guys had to live through the and yeah. james winston 30 for 30 year right <laughs> You had Tom Brady, won you a Super Bowl? Great, that was awesome. And then you had Tom Brady last year was like he probably retired, then unretired, and probably should have stayed retired, but still won you division. You guys have been good, but like you guys have suffered through the Jameis Winston era where you guys were saw a QB with all the potential, but just make boneheaded plays. And I don't think they want to see that. I don't think the fans want to see that in Baker Mayfield. I think they want to see some upside. I I get the impression from some of the Bucks fans I've interacted with that they want they want to see the future. They want they don't want this. Baker for one year, and then we figure out next year. Like They want a guy that they can be around, so I think they're going to be clamoring for Trask if Baker's just okay because I think that Trask can stick around for, for maybe Trask is a franchise. Maybe he's a six-year quarterback for you guys. Maybe they sign him to a two-, three-year extension right off his rookie contract. He's got two years left on that. I think that's what Bucks fans want. They want some stability at that position because they haven't had it for a while.
1: I do want to ask you some fancy football questions. All right, let's it do Regards it. to the box, I have one more about Kyle Trask, though, just right. in general. Because what you brought up with the contract, I, I think is a really good point. You know, if Baker or whoever wins, if Baker plays well and is the starter and, and wins the job, then all right, you have to resign him for more money. I mean, I, I don't. He's not going to get Patrick money. Mahomes' money, no. uh, obviously. But I think that's a good problem to have for the box. Kyle Trask only has two more years, so if he yep. wins if he wins it this year, he still has to prove that he can sustain it as being yes. a, a a good starter for this team. Do you feel at all that the Bucs, and we were talking about this on yesterday's show, maybe mismanaged the overall growth and development of Kyle Trask from the fact that they took him in the second round, and that was a little bit more of a luxury pick. They were just coming off the Super Bowl. They could have addressed a number of different positions in the second yeah. round, essentially a third round pick is the last pick of the yeah. second round, but just, you know, never moved further than third string wasn't even active on game days until that last game of the season. And uh, you know, now he's in a QB competition with a guy that hasn't been on this team anymore. Did the bucks kind of screw that up a little bit?
0: They did. I don't think it was intentional. I think it was draft Kyle Trask to sit behind Brady for one year yeah. I think they all expected Brady to be done after one year. Then Brady retired, and they're like, I think had Brady stayed retired, his first time he retired, I think Kyle Trask would have been the guy. I think when Brady came back, obviously Brady's going to come back to your team. You're going to take him. They yeah, weren't going to say no, all right? They're going to take Tom Brady's the greatest quarterback ever. I think that's where it was. They kind of got put in the corner in that situation of, well, crap, we got Brady. Brady likes Blaine Gabbert, like let him be the quarterback. Mm-hmm right like I said it's that similar offense so if something were to happen Blaine Gabriel goes in, he can run the same plays we don't have to change things up for Kyle to put Kyle Trask in they did mismanage it but I don't think it was necessarily their fault I think it was the product of Brady going I'm back and they were like okay thanks like I think they really wanted Brady to move on after one year and Brady coming back I think hamstrung them a little bit in the fact that they had to keep things the same and so that's where they're at and I think that's that's why they're there and there's an opportunity there's a possibility that the bucks pack it in this year and just tank right like that's that's a real possibility we could there was chatter during the draft of them trading mike evans like if they if they go yeah if they go two and four and then kyle trask comes in and then they're still like three and six or something they can just go all right cool evans out like they can really yeah, pack it in fair. and go young I know there was chatter,
1: but it wasn't coming from the Bucks. The Bucks no, were never wasn't. the Bucks were never going to trade Mike Evans. That was just yep. teams that wanted a wide receiver. Yep, saying, "Hey, well, the Bucks might be bad this year, but let's trade for Mike Evans." It wouldn't make sense financially for the Bucks. Sure, you would get some good draft picks and and things like that, but that yeah, that was never on the table. That was just kind of internet fodder yep. there for sure. And also, it like Todd Bowles is in a situation where he can't unless there's a handshake agreement. Yeah. with the ownership that he's going to be back for next season he's not signing on for tanking and this defense is too yeah. good and i think it's tough when you resign levante and you re-sign uh jamel dean on defense like you have a defense that's ready to win now yeah. they just need to i think this roster in general is ready to win now they just need they to are. figure out the uh the quarterback situation and they need yep. better play from their offensive line so thank you to alex hodo for the 499 super chat alex says why aren't we playing our recent offensive line picks at their best positions? Luke at right guard, Cody at left guard, Filer unathletic, see the three cone, Luke arms too short for right tackle. So to answer your question, Alex, Luke keep played offensive tackle in college. So he's kind of going back to his natural position. And I don't think short arms are the end all be all no. for offensive line. I think we put too much stock into it. As long as you got that hand placement, if you get your hand placement first, which if you have shorter arms, you're going to yeah. get there a, l- a little bit quicker. He's going back to his natural position. Cody playing offensive tackle. Yes, he is switching to offensive guard, but he did play there all over um, at the senior bowl. Cody Mock, I'm, I'm talking about. Yep. And the Bucks have done this a ton of times with their offensive linemen that they draft. Alex Kappa was an offensive tackle. They moved him to guard. Ali Marpet was an offensive tackle. They moved him to guard. He became one of the best guards in Bucks franchise history. Get a key. They did it. Didn't totally work out. So now he's back at offensive tackle and Matt Filer. He started his career at offensive tackle with the Steelers started there, then moved to guard for the Chargers and was starting there most recently. So he's playing essentially his natural position as well. So I appreciate the super chat, Alex, but they're playing their guys in the right position overall all right dustin i did want to ask you about uh um, oh, well let me let me talk on, on the offensive
0: line I, absolutely i don't guard and tackle it's not so much that position it's left and right side i think is the bigger transition for me right if you're a guy who plays on the left side moving to the right side is very different and vice versa so i agree with you like cody much playing guard yes he he can play that position he's but he's a right side guy like if you wanted to move him to the left side like even if you're going to, hey you're a tackle and then you're a left tackle, we're going to move you to right tackle. That's that's where they get confused. I think guard and tackle is – it is different, but I think it's a less of a switch than it is to move from the left side to the right side or vice versa.
1: Yeah, fair. and we're seeing it with Tristan Wirfs moving to the left side. We're yep. going to have that entire offseason to do it. He said it's like uh, driving a car on the other side of the road. Like – it's difficult at first, but you you can adjust
0: to it. And I went to England on my honeymoon, and it is it is a weird experience, and it freaks you out, and you don't know what you're doing, and <laughs> and then it's fine when you're by yourself on the road, but then you get in those situations where like there's cars coming, and you're not sure how close you are, and yeah. turns are wonky. Like so, that's what's going to be for them. It's going to be yes, I know how to block. It's oh, here comes the blitz. Do I take a, I'm used to taking a step to the right. Now I got to take a step to the left, or vice versa, or I got to do these things, or that's where it gets winning, but he will pick it up Right, you do it. I was there for a week in England. And after the, like, the end of the week, I was like, Oh, I got this. And then I came back and I was like, Oh, I, I got to relearn this almost. <laughs> it was wonky.
1: That's great. That's awesome. Uh, the only place in Europe I've been to is Ireland. I didn't drive there though, mm-hmm. uh, but I did sit shotgun in where normally I'd be driving. Drive, uh, yep. So that, so that was, uh, that was definitely interesting. And yeah, Tristan did play a little bit of left tackle mm-hmm. at Iowa. He mainly played right tackle, but he yeah. did play over there. So, a little bit of familiarity. And of course yes. with fantasy football, Bucks fans want to be familiar with who they should be drafting on their team. And I think with fantasy football as a whole for years, it's all about getting running backs first. It has shifted a little bit where if you can get a, a dynamic wide receiver early on, maybe you go with that. But Rashad white is someone that's been in the news a lot lately. You've been talking about him. Uh, Good morning. Football has him as the, the breakout running back this season. I think regardless of uh, who else is in that running back room, it's going to be a great season for Rashad White. Um, he's going to split carries with some of the guys, maybe even Sean Tucker, the undrafted free agent out of Syracuse, if he makes this team. Yep. But there's very few bell cows bell cows in, in, in the NFL anymore at running back. But Rashad White has, I think, a great opportunity to uh, really do some damage as a fantasy football running back.
0: I completely agree. I was on the Dynasty D-Gens last night, and we had to list our top 12 Dynasty running backs. And I had Rashad White, I think, at uh, 10 or 11, and they were blown away. But you're right. When you talk about bell cow backs, there are very few left, and Rashad White has that opportunity right now. He could get 20-plus carries, 25-plus carries every game, especially in an offense that has some question marks at quarterback. Like he's gonna be the guy. He he is a good pass catcher. He didn't get a ton of opportunity last year, but coming out of college, he was a good pass catcher. So he can be out there all three downs. They have no one else behind him, right? Keyshawn, Keyshawn, Vaughn, yeah, Keyshawn is a bust. Vaughn.
1: Chase Edmonds. Uh,
0: Chase Edmonds is was on like five teams last year. Like he was, yeah. I think him and Baker Mayfield like just traveled together, like, oh, let's go to a new team. Why not? Yeah,
1: let's go out west.
0: Yeah, they got like every jersey in the league at this point in their locker room somewhere. I do fear that Tampa Bay will sign somebody. I think it might be Ezekiel Elliott, could it uh, be Dalvin cook no, to come you. in to be that kind of veteran presence. Cause they are built to win now. So you could see him on a one-year deal just to kind of get him up, to kind of help push him over the hump, which would eat into Rashad white's carries. But if he's not backfield by himself, the volume is there for him for fantasy. He's going off the board as like, I want to say wide receiver most places in the, 15s 20s like i have the top 12 i'm buying him all day at his adp for fantasy football he's gonna have value
1: i tried to get him last year as I, uh, I just, like in a late great. round i tried to get him last year in a late round as a as a sleeper but yeah. someone took him right before i wanted to so hopefully they don't keep him this year so i can draft him yeah. and uh, make him one of my sleepers I think with the whole Ezekiel Elliott thing, and it's funny because we spoke to the Bucks got a new running backs coach this year, Skip Pete, who was the running backs coach for the Cowboys. So, you know, he knows Ezekiel Elliott better than anyone. And he kind of, he had a long answer, but he essentially said, I don't think Zeke is a good fit for the Bucs specifically. And I don't want Zeke to come to Tampa Bay. I hope he I ends either. up on a team. Um, but they just released Leonard Fournette. Why would you put Rashad White in that same situation of a veteran guy, has a bit of an ego? I don't think by any means an ego that's like detrimental or bad for the team. Just a guy that is polarizing. The NFL, everyone knows Ezekiel Elliott. So he's going to get his snaps whether people like it or not. Why take that away? Dave Canales, the new offensive coordinator, is a huge fan of Rashad White. He said he's a violent runner. Those are the type of runners that I look for. He only had one rushing touchdown last year. He only had two one. receiving touchdowns oh. last season. So, yeah, I, I think he didn't even get to show his entire receiving no. prowess and still scored a game-winning touchdown, had more receiving touchdowns than than rushing touchdowns. But you let him be the full-time starter with the new and improved offensive line. Let's remember, the Bucks' run game was terrible last year. It was 32nd in the league. It was oh. awful. They can only go up from here, and they are clearly dedicating themselves to the run game. I could not agree with you more. I think Rashad White going to be great this year fantasy wise. Let's talk about the wide receivers a little bit. Uh, Obviously it goes down to to Mike Evans and Chris Godwin. Both guys had Mike Evans in terms of Mike Evans expectations had a down season. The touchdowns were much lower than anyone expected. Still got a thousand receiving yards. Um, I personally see the touchdowns going back up this year. I just think it was a down year for Mike Evans and Chris Godwin The most interesting thing about him is he played a lot of the slot last year, so he racked up receptions because the Bucs would just throw a screen pass to him for no rhyme or reason, not even have blockers in front of him and just go, all right, break 15 tackles. Um, That's obviously not going to happen all the time. But with Chris Godwin going outside, he's going to get a lot more one-on-one opportunities and can still really thrive in that role. So what's your outlook for Mike and Chris going into this year? (sighs)
0: I like him I think people will be down on them because I think they're down on the quarterback situation. But right. Mike Evans has had a thousand yards every year of his career, like all yeah. nine years. I think he's still going to get that. I think they'll they'll will that to happen end of the season just to make it happen. So he gets 10 years. I love Chris Godwin. He's 27. So he's Me just too. at that apex age of wide receivers. People forget, like, he came back from, like, the ankle last year, like, came back week one, hurt it, missed two games, came back. Yeah,
1: ACL back. injury, and then he had a hamstring yep. injury. Yeah, ACL and hamstring, that's what it
0: was, yeah. You're right, he was fed targets because that was Tom Brady's, you know, he kind of filled that Julian Edelman type of role of, like, I'm just going to catch these little screen passes and scamper, scamper up the field. I still see him. He got 142 targets last year. I think that comes down, but I think he's super efficient on his targets. He only had three touchdowns was a down year for everyone, right? Down year for Evan's and Godwin. I think there are values for fantasy football because I think people are going to go, oh, they're older they're on the way out. They have Kyle Trask or Baker Mayfield. But they're still going to produce. Like, they're still wide receiver twos for your fantasy team. And they're probably going to be drafted as tail end of wide receiver twos. I agree with you that Mike Evans' touchdowns will go back up. I think he had uh, six last year, 14 and 13 the year before. I think he gets back to that eight, nine range. So he adds a few more touchdowns. And I think Godwin goes from three back up to six or seven and then you got kate otten who i think can take some work the issue for me is there's not a whole lot after god wins and evans you still have russell gage who i like but i don't love like he had it really in flash he missed a good chunk of time and then there's nobody right there's kalen geiger there's devin tompkins david moore they drafted um yeah yeah greg palmer yeah trey palmer in the sixth round like it just they lack depth and they're built to win now so my fear is that things don't go well. And then they just, at the end of the season or trade deadline, the Bucks go, ah, crap. (laughs) Like we're built to win now. We're not, their defense is super old and experienced and built to win now. And that's where like, they could, they might have to make that hard call in October, the trade deadline and go, man, we're just not going to get there. The only benefit is that they're in a super easy division to win. So making the playoffs is something right. And that's, that's what matters to the owner, right. Is making the playoffs because that's an extra game of revenue. So, but I think this next offseason, I think you're going to see a total teardown and rebuild.
1: Yeah, we shall see. I mean, because the NFC South is so bad, the Bucs could be contending, even with the losing record, could be contending yep. late in the season for the NFC South title. Um, but yeah, we talked about Mike Evans, and Chris Godwin can't go wrong with a with a great duo like that can never have enough great wide receivers, just like you can never have enough at celsius energy drinks um you heard me talk about where to find them if you want to get a single can but if you want to get them in bulk which i would very much recommend because they have so many different flavors go to amazon do the subscribe and save start buying them in bulk over at amazon with the uh subscribe and save uh get the variety pack because variety is the spice of life just uh set it up where you can have it sent to your house or apartment every week month yearly whenever you want just make sure you're drinking celsius energy drinks the official sponsor of the Peter Report podcast. All right, before we wrap things up, Dustin, um, so fantasy football, usually you get a defense. There are leagues that do individual defensive players. I have not done that just yet, but if I were going to play in a fantasy football league with an individual defensive player, Like, where do you look first? Do you look for a a linebacker, uh, you know, an edge rusher who's obviously going to rack up the sacks? What's the right way to go with that?
0: If you play IDP, which I do not, but I know a bunch of people do, the current way IDP is generally scored, it's linebacker heavy, right? Because tackles are worth one point. Right. So you want to pick up a linebacker. Uh, So you're looking at Shaquille Barrett. You're looking at Levante David, Carlton Davis, who are just going to rack up tackles. I'm not sure there's a edge rusher for Tampa Bay. is going to get a ton of sacks, right? Like mm-hmm. it's just not a, a skill set for them. So I, you definitely want to start at linebacker and then you want to look at corner, right? Cause they're still going to get tackles. They have an opportunity for interceptions, but linebackers really rule IDP leagues for dying for fantasy.
1: Interesting. All right, cool. I'll make sure uh, I remember that's that. the I way it's.
0: And that's why IDP hasn't grown a ton because I don't me, like it personally. I don't like it either because for me, I don't really love defenses or kickers because they're just a one-off and it's just a throwaway position. And all you're doing I like with IDP, all you're doing with IDP lot. is you're you're creating three more throw positions because it doesn't matter because there's a bazillion linebackers out there. So I just need someone who's going to tackle a bunch. There are some companies. So my buddies over here at Front Office Pros, um, they're actually working on a system to like have a better IDP system. At Dynasty Pros, we have a different scoring system that kind of balances out. So your top linebacker is equal to your top cornerback. That's going to be equal to your top defensive end. The problem is with the one, two, three scoring the way it is, is tackles rule the day, and linebackers get the most tackles.
1: Right. Yeah. That that seems to be how it goes. So yeah, you can end up getting a linebacker that gets fifteen tackles in a game, yep. and it just kind of skews everything. Um, and he can have
0: fifteen tackles, and your defensive end can have three sacks, but that three sacks doesn't equal the fifteen tackles. So it's like. 3 sacks in yeah. a game is amazing stats but it's right. just not worth the right, right. Points. Yep.
1: As a team defense, where would you rank the Bucks?
0: A fairly high based on their schedule, right? Like they aren't playing now they have a tough early schedule, so I probably wouldn't draft them, but they're the way I do defenses for fantasy is I like to stream them. So I look at three week chunks. So I go who's got the best three first three weeks? Okay, let me find someone who's got three good matchups. So I think when we looked at the schedule, you're looking at that middle of the road where they're playing that Houston, Tennessee, Carolina, right? Like you're playing these, (laughs) that middle of the schedule, like that's where I'm thinking you could pick them up. And I try to look at like, can I, can I get three weeks out of them? And then I have to find an option. Can I get four or five weeks? Cause then I don't have to make other roster moves, but they're, I think they're going to be a sneaky good defense because they are experienced. They have the veteran players. They're probably going to be in those close games because they're going to play a bunch of mediocre teams. Um, and that's what you, want. what you don't want is a team that's always behind because then they just get run all the time and there's just not the opportunity. You don't want to play like, you don't want to get someone in the AFC West, right? Where they're playing the chiefs and the charters yeah, teams that put up yeah, a ton of points. It's no. just not what you want. So like Raiders and Chargers and Broncos are out. So I think they have a really good shot to be a good team defense for fantasy.
1: Yeah, make sure you look that up. And after you look up the Bucks rankings, check out pewterreport.com. And please follow us on our social media on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. We are at PewterReport. And then our YouTube channel is Pewter TV. Please like and subscribe to this episode and all of our videos. We got a ton of content that comes out all the time. And, of course, four podcasts uh, per week. So make sure you check it out. Uh, Dustin, thank you so much for joining the show today. Make sure you check out all of his at Dynasty Pros, Fantasy Football. Um, you had a giveaway, though, with the Buccaneers. Uh, please I do. Please computer people about that.
0: So I'm going to step out of the camera so you can see it. So I was at the NFL Draft, and I got this beautiful banner, which uh, shows the alternate reimagined logo for the Buccaneers. Um, and I actually got one for every team. So this is the giveaway I'm doing. All you have to do on my Twitter is uh, it's a pinned tweet. You have to follow me and then retweet it, and you'll be entered in a drawing for the drawing to win it. I draw it on uh, Monday. And for the Peter, Peter Report uh, listeners and watchers, you get one entry for following and retweet. If you go on and comment who you think is going to start, Baker Mayfield or Kyle Trask, I'll give you an extra entry just for Peter Peter Report listeners. That's awesome. So you so guys is- can get two entries. I will say right now there's only like, I think, 15 people entered. So you have a really good shot at winning. It's he runs till Monday. So you got a couple days. I know this will come out and people will be listening. So get on there, follow me retweet and then comment which quarterback you think is going to start. And you'll get two entries and then I'll just spin it on a wheel and ship notify the winner and ship it out. So yeah. Really Shaggy good...
1: says, uh, Shaggy says, love that logo. Yeah. Make sure you go and take advantage of that. Get two and entries. Just for two entries. This, show. this is the
0: only time I'm going to do two entries for this one. And I'll do, I do one every week. So I did Ravens last week. This is a banner. This was a hundred foot banner that was on a fence at the draft and they were everywhere. And they basically got torn down and thrown out. This is probably a one of one thing. Like, I don't know many of these that survived. I did accidentally cut off the, you can see there's a little tape back there to tape right. on the feather. Cause when I was cutting it out, I had backwards. I thought it was part of the saints <laughs> logo. Cause it's white on the back. Yeah. It's pretty much, it's, it is big. It is like three by four. It is a big thing, but it's, you can mount it on a piece of cardboard. I just have it on a stick right now, hanging up there. But it might be a one of one thing. I haven't seen any of these on eBay or any of these memorabilia sites. So this might be a one of one thing out there for Tampa Bay fans. If you're listening to this and you're a fan of another team, which I'm not sure why you're listening to this, maybe you're just a fan of me, I will be doing team giveaways every week for the next 20 some weeks. I got pretty much every team left. I have a couple of my giveaways, some friends, but Buccaneers fans, like this is probably my favorite one. This skull with the thing and the, it's, it's probably the most badass looking one there is. Absolutely. <laughs> um, so absolutely. all you have to do is like, you follow me, like retweet, and then comment who you want and you'll get two entries. I'll do the winner on Monday. I'll spin the wheel and I'll notify the winner and then ship it out. So
1: awesome. There you go. One last time. Just where can they follow you and, and find all your work?
0: Sure, it's at the D unit. So T H so T H E D U N I T thirteen on Twitter. So the D unit thirteen on Twitter, or you can just search Dustin Ludke and you'll find me on Twitter as well.
1: All right. There you have it. Thank you again for joining the show. Appreciate everybody that watched and listened and commented to it for Dustin Lukey. I'm Matt Matera saying thank you. Wait, Lukey or Lucky.
0: Lucky, That's all Lucky,
1: right. Ludkey, I'm so sorry. I, it I'm happens. Okay. For Dustin Ludkey, <laughs> I'm Matt Matera saying thank you everybody for watching. And we'll see you next week for another edition of the Peter Report podcast. Have a great weekend. Out.